to Friday Night Fright Fest. Welcome to Friday Night Fright Fest, a podcast dedicated to the horror double feature. We are your hosts, Elizabeth and... Andrew. And today, I mean, I might call it Zoomer Horror. Yeah, I think that's fair. Although, I think Pete Davidson might be a millennial and not a Zoomer, so like... Yeah, and there is one other character in that film who's a little bit older. But the, the point being, <laughs> both of these films are small groups of early to mid 20-somethings trapped in a location mm-hmm. and being killed one by one. It's kind of like Zoomer and then there were none. Right. Drawing on the classic Agatha Christie plot of you know a bunch of people brought together... In a mansion and then being killed one by one. Yep. So what are the films? The films today are the 2022 Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and the 2023 Fire Island. There's another film recently called Fire Island. Which I think was like a Netflix film. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. Anyway, that one is not this one. This is the horror film. The other one is a bunch of gay guys on Fire Island, the same yes. island, but it borrows the plot of Pride and Prejudice. I believe I haven't seen it. Oh my Jesus! That's not this one. Yeah, no, that one is a comedy. This one is horror. Yeah. So, what did you think of these two films? I actually enjoyed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies a good bit more than I thought I would. Agreed. For me, that was the superior film to Fire Island. Yes. I thought with Fire Island, some of the acting by some of the minor characters is a little shaky, Mm -hmm. which didn't really endear me to it. I think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is just a more interesting story. Mm -hmm. I will say that, sadly, I have become old enough that I don't like these kinds of characters. (laughs) Like, they're not likable. I, I don't always need likable characters for mm-hmm. me to get into a film. If it's compelling... You're talking about for both of them or just for Fire Island? I didn't really like anyone in either of these movies. <laughs> so, I guess the question is, do you have to like a character to be able to feel like you want to continue on with a film or to enjoy a film? Sure. As long as the plot is compelling, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with anti-heroes. I'm happy with really nasty people embracing their nastiness Mm -hmm. and you're watching that unfurl. That that can be entertaining. For me, the worst thing is when I'm supposed to like a character and I don't. So like inadvertent unlikability, that's a problem for me. Got it. I'm not going to say that I hated all of the characters. I found a lot of them unsympathetic slash unlikable or just annoying, but It's not that I'm old. It's that I remember those people from my youth and I found them really annoying in my youth. You didn't like them then. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like like them them. then. I continue to dislike them. So at least it's consistent. So here's what I would want to know about the director and the screenwriters in both of these cases. How much of these films were parodying the vapid social media obsessed, cell phone obsessed, drug obsessed culture of 20-somethings today. And how much of it was just showing what it's like? Yeah. I mean, so, like, I am willing to believe that they are showing me what the life of fairly privileged 
early to mid 20 somethings is like. Mm -hmm. They're obsessed with social media. They're obsessed with their cell phones. They do a lot of drugs. They do a lot of drugs, a lot more than I would be comfortable with. Or than I was even comfortable with at the age. Yeah, sure, sure. And I just don't find them interesting people. Yeah, sure. They're not intellectual in a way that's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. So if these films were supposed to be showcasing that and having the audience see like oh okay like holding up a mirror like okay this is kind of ugly like we ought not to be like this yeah then i'm totally fine with it but if it's sincere it's like okay this is just how young people are today for me that's a sad commentary not only a sad commentary but so depressing (laughs) well and and they're depressing yeah i mean they're depressed but also like a depressing look at what the future holds (laughs) Yeah, it, it does suggest that something has to turn around for these folks. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is their life well, not, in their mid twenties, not these folks precisely because no, they, they all end. They don't really have a future, dead. but their their peers who survive mm-hmm. their their mid twenties. At some point, you gotta stop doing the drugs. Yeah. You've got to find something more meaningful than TikTok follower counts or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. You essentially know the plot of it, but a, a spoiler-free for uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So Bodies, 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 it's half dozen or so actually fairly wealthy mm-hmm. young people are getting together at this estate. They're having not only this hurricane party. Mm-hmm. Hurricane's not that big of a deal. They must be on the outer, as someone who's lived through multiple hurricanes, they're on the outer bands of this hurricane. Mm-hmm. The house isn't in any danger, but the power goes out and they can't get help. Yes. And so essentially someone dies mm-hmm. and this sets off a paranoia among the rest of the group yeah. to figure out who killed this person. And as they are searching for this killer, trying to figure out like, okay, which one of us killed this person, mm-hmm. other people start dying. Yeah. For Fire Island, again, a group of friends. This is a pandemic film. So a group of friends seeing each other for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. They bring their pods together and go out to Fire Island, which is relatively dead because we're still kind of mid-pandemic at this point, it seems like, even though the film came out in 2023. But I do think that this was supposed to be taking place before any vaccines. I think that's right. Because people are still very concerned with catching COVID and people are wearing masks. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. It seems as though there was, there's some backstory that's like vaguely alluded to that there is a, a killer who was possibly killed a bunch of people out on Fire Island and was never found, but there was a body washed up that they assumed was him. I found out that this one is actually a sequel Shut to a really door. obscure film that no one saw called The Last Fairy. Okay, well. Which... We haven't seen that. It tells the tale that you just described. Okay. And anyway, they're at the Gunkles estate, Gay Uncles estate on Fire Island, and Hilarity and Susan people end up dying. Yeah. Yeah. Remote beach community with a serial killer who actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. He's got like a deer head. It's a little True Detective. Season one True Detective. Okay. Okay. I, I can see some of that, those elements. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so essentially, and then there were none, but with Zoomers uh, in two different remote places. Yep. All right. Spoilers. Okay. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies premiered 2022. The director was Helena Rain. This is an A24 film. She's a Dutch filmmaker. Okay. It looks like most of her output has been in Dutch. So I haven't, I'm not familiar with her work. Okay. 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And on Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave this one a shocking 
85%. Really? Audiences, a nearly as shocking 69%, and it made $14 million at the box office. Oh, it actually went in the box office. Okay. It did. So I was very surprised at how much people liked this one. It's mostly cast of young women who I, I didn't know the actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, the one recognizable actor to me was Pete Davidson, who mm-hmm. plays... David, who is the host. Yeah, it's his family's house. It seems like it's probably the Hamptons, but it's not because hurricane, I mean, maybe outer bands of a hurricane. That That's a good point. Maybe maybe Hilton Head, South yeah, Carolina. That's possible. Something like that. But, it, but it's a very it's, remote, yeah. but very wealthy area. Clearly. Yes. They all are in a group text about this, like, gathering for the hurricane party. The one girl shows up late with her girlfriend, who is foreign and... Not wealthy. So that would be Sophie, the briefly sober addict. Yes. And her new Eastern European girlfriend, B. Yes. There's clearly some tension within this group. Sophie went to rehab. Her friends basically had to force her into rehab, had to take her to rehab, had to like deal with her ODing multiple times. And so there's a little bit of bitterness there that she's like now sober and feels like she's better than everybody in a lot of ways. It's okay. Recovery doesn't stick for what? 15 minutes yeah, or so? Yeah, approximately. And then one of the other girls has a podcast. Alice. Yes. Is the podcaster. And she's... Obviously a very sympathetic figure in the film. <laughs> the, yes, as a podcaster. Yes. Uh, I can yes. really identify with Alice. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then there was a, another girl who had a boyfriend who was a vet we find out later that vet means veterinarian, not... Uh, oh, no, that's Alice that has That is Alice, yeah. yeah. So she's got this guy, Greg, who she has brought. Who's like older, maybe in his 40s. Yeah. Then there are a couple of other characters. <laughs> so there's Emma, an aspiring actress. Yeah, who's dating David. Yes, kind though of. they don't seem particularly close. Yeah. And then there's Jordan, who's kind of the odd person out, clearly has some history with Sophie. Yeah. And she's definitely got kind of a bad attitude that kind of sets her at odds with things. And then there was a character, Max, who we literally don't see till the final scene of the Mm -hmm. film. Max is another one of their friends. He got in a fight with David the day before and then kind of stormed off. Yes. So he's kind of in the background. He was maybe high on shrooms or ayahuasca or something and admitted to being in love with David's girlfriend. And then they ended up fighting. So... One thing that you'll you'll see happen immediately is everyone is drunk and high at all times. Yes. And many of them are clearly grappling with mental illness mm-hmm. as well. They also are pretty caught up in kind of woke ideology. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of places where like they were so caught up in it that it was almost Comical? I could only read it as a comedy. So this one, we recorded both of these films when we had Showtime for like a weekend, like Mm -hmm. a few months ago. And this one is billed as a horror comedy. I didn't think it was that funny, but maybe in hindsight, when characters are spouting off woke verbiage. As they're all dying. As they're like at moments of crisis, like all they have left to fall back on is like, woke programming platitudes yeah and also affirmations that they understand what everybody's going through yes etc yes they've all been in therapy a lot because like they're using those terms yeah so they decide that they're going to play a game called bodies 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 i knew it or something similar to it as assassin or murderer or whatever yeah anyway 
piece of the paper, one person gets an X, that person's the murderer. They tap someone on the shoulder. That turn per- off the lights. Turn off the lights. Yeah. Tap someone on the shoulder. That person's supposed to die after X number of seconds. And then everybody searches around and the first person to find a dead body shouts, bodies, bodies, bodies. They turn on the lights. They try to investigate. Right. And then you can, you know, you can fi- try to figure it out. If you accuse a person, then like... And that person ends up, I don't know, there's there's some rules. It doesn't matter. We didn't really get that far in the game because <laughs> bad things start happening. Yeah, so person ends up d- not really dead is the older boyfriend. And David is maybe jealous of him, upset that he's even there. Definitely like inferiority complex when it comes to this dude. Yeah. Um, so he ends up like punching him. The guy's like, look, I'm out. I don't need to deal with this. I'm going to bed. But there's real tension there. Yes. And they also kind of prime the pump for this game. Everybody does a shot of vodka and then they slap the next person <laughs> in the circle as hard as they can in the face. Yes. This is a really bad idea. Yes. For all kinds of reasons, because there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of drugs. Half of these people have had sex with each other previously. There's sexual tension going on. There's interpersonal tension going Mm -hmm. on. It's all drug fueled. This is a recipe for literally murder. Yes. So so at some point, the pow- they're fighting about this, whatever. The power goes out. They're trying to figure out how to get to the fuse box or the generator or whatever. And B is like, where's the bathroom? It's downstairs. She goes downstairs. And in the darkness from outside, she sees David dying. His throat's been cut and he's dying outside. And she calls for everybody. Everybody goes out outside um, and is like, oh, my God, who's trying to kill us? Because they've all been kind of separated in the dark. And yeah. so literally anyone could have crept outside to the back patio mm-hmm. and cut David's throat and yes. left him there to die. Yes. And and now they have no cell service, which is like every Zoomer's worst nightmare. <laughs> yes. Because yes. these people really do live online. Yeah. So then I think the next person to die is David's girlfriend, bloody fall down the stairs, unclear whether she was dead before she fell down the stairs or after, but like there's a blood trail down the stairs. Yeah. And then at some point they start to accuse the boyfriend, the older boyfriend, Greg. He's the obvious candidate because most of the characters think that he is a former military person with PTSD. Come to find out he is a vet in the sense that he is a veterinarian. He's a total Yeah, loser. he's not even a veterinarian. He's a vet assistant. Yeah, like he's he's a loser who's glommed on to a rich girlfriend. Yeah. And he's just here for fun. But when they confront him, he grabs a knife. Well, and he had a go bag with like the, the map of the area like circled. Like it looks like it, it's bad. Like he's got a Bowie knife in this thing. He's if you're got... paranoid and people have started dying, it looks bad. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you'd think, okay, this guy's just kind of weird. It's a little bit of a prepper. Like he he knows he's going to a hurricane party. He may need his, these supplies. Like, you know, whatever. Right, anyway. Right. So he starts kind of going after them because they're surrounding him at this point and he feels well, cornered. And they literally have not. Like yes. they're confront they wake him up. They're confronting him in this like basketball court. Yeah. And he grabs a knife and is like holding them off. He does clearly have some mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, sure. But B kind of sneaks up behind him and hits him in the back of the head twice with a kettlebell and just flat out kills this guy. Yeah. it. I mean, it was still self-defense. It was defending everybody in the room. I think it was what she did was totally defensible. Yeah. Like if I were on a jury, mm-hmm. I would vote to acquit because he was behaving irrationally. Yeah. And he 
was thrusting a knife. Yeah, sure. At, at people. So now we begin the whole, like, everybody here is suspicious. Like, do, what do we know about B? She actually killed someone. B eventually sees Jordan, like, get a gun from somewhere while she's, like, outside. Right. Jordan And then lie about yeah, having gotten it. Jordan calls everything into question, says, I've actually been hooking up with Sophie. Check her texts. B goes out into the car at some point and sees Jordan's lingerie in there. So is basically like, okay, yeah, they did hook up and I should check the text. I, maybe I can't trust Sophie. Um, Sophie later refuses to yeah. allow her to see the text, which is pretty suspicious. Yes. So it's a lot of like paranoia, mostly drug fueled, but also just general paranoia. They tussle with the gun. Alice ends up getting shot in the head. Well, first shot in the leg. Yeah. And then shot in the throat. Yes. And then the only three that are left are Jordan, Sophie, and B. I think eventually Jordan ends up getting... She gets pushed over the yes. balustrade, which is totally fair because she is literally trying to shoot Sophie and B and chasing them through the house. Yes. B kills her, but like that is totally defensible. Yes. They end up going outside. They end up kind of fighting about the phone and the phone kind of slides off. And in the attempt to find that phone, they actually find David's phone. Internet comes back on, like power comes back on. And they realize, actually, David killed himself. There was never a he, killer. He accidentally killed himself. He was trying to do the bottle sword opening, like opening a bottle, like champagne bottle with a sword thing. Greg had done that successfully at the outset of the film. Mm -hmm. And David is just trying to be as cool as Greg mm -hmm. and trying to replicate this feat on TikTok. And film it on TikTok. Exactly. And he ends up doing the sword toward him instead of away from him, which <laughs> yes. is like not smart and ends up killing himself. There was never a murderer. And Max shows up and is like, what's going on, guys? And then that, so ends the film. Yeah. So essentially, like, these are just really damaged kind of bad people. Yeah. And there, there was no, there was no larger actual murder. yeah. murderer plan. It was just them, like, being terrible people and fueled by drugs, alcohol, and lack of internet, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because by the end of the night, a bunch of them have become murderers. Yeah. In response to this. But but I actually thought that was a, a pretty solid twist. I agreed. I had wondered at some point if, in fact, David's death and maybe a couple of the others were fake. Yeah. And this was part of the game. Yeah. But that was not the case. No, it was not. Yeah. But overall, not a bad film. And if it is indeed meant to kind of have social commentary for it, it is amusing. If that's your only organizing principle of your life, social media and like spouting off things that have like very little depth to them, you are not a very deep person and, and not that you deserve to die, but... But in a moment of crisis, like your shallowness is going to be revealed. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what, what we see here. Yeah. So a similar group of people appears <laughs> in Fire Island. Yeah. Which I don't know when that they filmed this one, but it, it didn't come out until 2023. The director was Miles Clohesse. And I, like I said, I found out that this one is a sequel to a film that no one ever saw in 2019 called The Last Fairy, mm -hmm. which details this serial killer killing a few people mm -hmm. on Fire Island. And then essentially... He's not caught. A body mm -hmm. washes up on shore. The police kind of assume, oh, okay, that was the guy. And then they kind of close the case. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the guy. Yeah. 
And so I should just very quickly note, this one is rated, this may be the lowest IMDb rating that we've ever seen. (laughs) This one is rated 2.7 out of 10. Shut up. On Rotten Tomatoes, no critics have deigned to watch this film and comment on it. I mean, it's from 2023, so it's recent. It's recent. And audiences give it 45%. Ooh, ouch. And I don't have any budget or box office Mm -hmm. information. So... This is very much a product of the pandemic and yeah. and like early pandemic. Mm-hmm. This would have taken place. I would say it's probably. I'm going to say actually early 2021 because they said it was like May. They said May. So it's either May 2020 or May 2021. Well, it couldn't be May 2020. I mean, that's only two months into the pandemic. It's it's much further further along than probably that. Probably so. Yeah, because they've melted down pretty hard. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say because. Because they talk about how his boyfriend, one of the characters' boyfriends, like, killed himself at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And I Boyfriend feel like... slash roommate. And then he's been living <sighs> yeah. in this apartment by himself. For a year. For a year. Yeah. That that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they're coming together. They have merged the pods. Everybody's been safe. This is their first time getting together, it seems like, in a while. All of them together. So the characters, you mentioned Troy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the lead. Troy is the the final girl in yeah. in this film, as it turns out. The final gay, I would say. Yeah, he's you know he's kind of a, a sensitive like singer songwriter mm-hmm. like web designer yeah. kind of guy poet. And then his best friend Sam, who is a lesbian, mm-hmm. his her girlfriend Maria, mm-hmm. and then their friend Zoe, who is it's her uncle's place. Yeah, and then she brings her boyfriend Matt. Yes. Matt, nobody really cares about Matt. No. Matt is just there as a plot device, not actually there as a real person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, other than the cops, well, probably, Matt's like one of the very few straight people yeah. in, in this. And, and and also, again, he is just there as a plot device for yeah. Zoe. He is someone for us to watch Zoe have sex with a couple of times. Yes, and to, and to be murdered. And then, yeah. Because he gets murdered with Zoe. So, like, he doesn't even get his own murder scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. Yeah. He's just an adjunct to Zoe. Um, so we we kind of start this film out with this older, I mean, one of the early scenes in this is this older couple who clearly had been influenced or Im- impacted by the killer in the previous film. I think that's right. And I, I suspect, I don't think I'm going to go ahead and watch The Last Fairy. I don't think you okay. need to watch that. I suspect that those characters were probably the leads who survived yeah, that yeah. first film. Yeah. Would be my guess. Um, older gays who are celebrating a birthday, they end up dying early on at the hands of this, this killer. And there's a random woman named Becca. Yes. Who we start following at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. So they kind of borrow this from screen. She's yeah. like the scream character. Yeah. She's having like a Zoom call with her girlfriend. I'm not sure if she's a cam girl or what, but yeah. she's there on Fire Island mm-hmm. and she gets butchered. Yeah. The weird thing is she, the older gay couple, everyone else, they are raped and killed. Yes. Which I clearly probably... Pretty, pretty in, horrific in, 20, in 2019 film as well yeah yeah so and then you've also got the cops on far island who basically adopt the same policy as the mayor of jaws yeah which is like hey we're a beach community who's re- trying to recover from the pandemic yeah and something scary is happening we can't let anyone know something scary ha- is happening again <laughs> yes <laughs> we can't let right. anybody know right yeah, so it's, it's like Jaws 2, maybe. Seems like poor, 
poor planning on their part. Yes. So kind of creepy thing that we keep seeing is we keep seeing this, we keep seeing deer in the forest. So I imagine, I've never been to Pyre Island. I'm cool with that. But there are some wooded areas on the island and there are deer that live out there. Some pretty cool looking deer. Yeah, they look slightly different than the norm. Yeah, it's probably like an isolated deer population. That's kind of evolved slightly differently. But what we see is we see like what could be a skull or a modified skull of a deer or just something that looks like a like deer a paper skull mache skull with deer horns attached to it and in kind of like a flowy gauzy thing with like some branches yeah and troy is that's his name yes keeps kind of seeing this off in the distance and then when he turns to look at it again it's gone so like right. either he's being stalked by something or he's imagining it who can say right. it's covid and there's a harbinger <laughs> Yes, there's an awesome harbinger. He's like Irish and- His name is Murph. Very aggressive. Yeah. It's not clear to Troy, I don't think, that the harbinger isn't also the killer. We're we're certainly supposed to wonder that. Yes. And you've got this like 2021 COVID paranoia where you don't want people near you. Certainly not touching you. Or in your face. breathing on you. (laughs) So that's something that Troy's kind of dealing with every time this harbinger like comes near him. Because the guy who literally gets in his face and like grabs him by the shirt front yeah. and wants to like yell at him. Yes. And like, okay, I don't want that. So one thing that I thought cinematography wise that was interesting mm-hmm. about this film is that there were a lot of things with doors. Open doors that like maybe were not open before. There are often like open doors kind of in the background. People standing in doorways, which often can be like a liminal space of like transition. Mm-hmm. So I thought that the the use of doors, both in foreground and, and background, was interesting as like a symbol that like, okay, something is changing, something's going on, something to be aware of. Well, and everything is glass. Yes. So there are these glass doors, big glass windows, entire glass walls. So none of the houses that we see in Fire Island could be secured against a murder. No, because you can just break the door. <laughs> and, and, and they're also like, if you've ever stayed in like a beach cottage yep. with a group of people, you've got a lot of drunken high people wandering in and out yep. at all times of the day and night. Forgetting to lock doors. Yeah. No one's locking doors. People are leaving things open, leaving their stuff around. Mm-hmm. So like everybody's losing their phone. Like they know that they left their phone in the room. Yeah. And then when they come back for it a little bit later, it's gone. Yes. And maybe the door is open. Yeah. So again, Zoomers fixated on being connected with their phones and drunk and high all the time, essentially. Yeah. They do end up going to a bar, kind of a local bar called the Icebox, I think it was called. Mm -hmm, And somebody mm -hmm. got them a table there. There's a drag queen there who like really kind of drags on them and- Crystal, um, yeah. And makes fun of them. Troy gets up and sings. It's very- But it's a real sad, depressed, like it's a good song. Oh yeah. But but it's- it's a downer of a song. It tries a bit of a downer. Yeah, like like the vibe at this bar, the one bar that's still open on the island is yeah. more of more like a Jimmy Buffett, like let's hang out at the beach and have fun. Yes. And Troy kind of brings the room down. And at some point we see this like dude at the bar who seems to be kind of making eyes at Troy. Spoiler and- alert. That dude ends up being the killer. His name is Raphael. <laughs> and then he he disappears. Yes. And and you see him periodically here and there. And, yeah. and then he just kind of disappears. Well, he does end up being the murderer. Um, he picks them off kind of one by one, except for what, two by two when it comes Sometimes to- Sometimes two by two. He favors an axe, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So there's one really annoying scene in this film. I have to mention this. Mm-hmm. I understand that as a filmmaker- <laughs> Filming scenes outside at night 
is a pain in the ass. Yes. That's very hard to do. I'm not saying I know how to film a scene <laughs> outdoors at night. Yeah. But if I were making a feature length film, I would hire a director of photography who did know how to shoot an outdoor scene at yeah. night. Because what they do is there's a scene where Zoe and Matt are having sex on the beach and then they're murdered with an axe and then their bodies are buried in the sand. We know it's at night because they they leave and it's night. You can literally see through yep. these open doors and windows that we're talking about. Yep. It's dark. They go outside. It's broad daylight when yes. they have sex and are murdered. And then everyone wakes up and it's like, oh, okay, it's dawn now. Where are Zoe and Matt? Except when they were filming the scene where they were having sex and where they were it was getting murdered. It was very bright outside. Yes. There's a similar situation with Troy. He's kind of hiding from Raphael in this one, like the I think they call it the Belvedere, which is this like old hotel. It's closed for the season. And he hides in a closet and then like, I guess he hid in the closet all night because when he comes out in, in the next it's day again, it's day again. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. You know, there are some things like that. It may have been an issue with like filming or editing. Who knows? I did notice at the very last shot of Raphael kind of like smiling at the camera for the last like two seconds of it. You see like the time. Thing I noticed at the bottom, that at the which bottom. I was like, okay, that's just like poor editing. Like, why do you leave that in? Yeah. Cause it wasn't there. And then it was there. And it's like, okay, that's just weird. Right. Um, right. So it just seems like there, were some limitations some editing issues perhaps it's an indie film and some some continuity issues yeah but i will say some of the like fight scenes between you know the the grappling scenes and stuff like that between Raphael and troy are pretty good the kills are not bad the the kills are are totally good and and satisfying and the, the killer is satisfying the problem is none of these characters are sympathetic I right. don't actually care about any of them. And I at least want to get, care about a couple of them in the course of the film. I kind of liked Troy and Sam. Yeah, fine. sure. They were they were good friends. Yeah. They seem to dealing with the suicide, the um, taking his own life uh, of his partner, who seemed like he was a very troubled person with real personality disorder, who Troy had just broken up with. I, like knowing that Troy probably felt responsible for his death the entire time during COVID yeah, and yeah. then was living in the house that he, I mean, there is some, some empathy, some sympathy yes. that you have with his character, but generally most of these characters were not sympathetic. No, they're they're pretty vap- vapid. And, you don't really mind them getting killed. And also, like, you get snippets of, like, what life on the island is like. Yeah. And there's, like, a couple of, like, gay dudes who are, like, making fun of all of the passersby. Oh, I wanted more I of wanted those more guys. I wanted more of those guys. But, like, you yeah. get some flavor of the island, but then it sh- seems very throwaway. Yeah. So anyway, maybe maybe it would have made more sense. Maybe they played a more critical role in the 2019 film. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. It, there were some things that just, it was not a strong-ish. It wasn't a great film. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so my recommendation would be see Bodies, 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 yeah. which I think is a, the better of the two films. It's enjoyable. If you really, really want to see a literally a mid-pandemic movie, mm-hmm. check out Fire Island. Yeah. If you love all things slasher killer mm-hmm. and this is a, a new to you slasher killer, then go ahead and watch Fire Island. But I think the I think the the drug and sex fueled paranoia of being inside a big house Mm-hmm. With people you know, but are suddenly coming to suspect might be 
murderous people. Yeah. That was pretty satisfying in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Agreed. And I thought that even though they have a very similar premise to them of like a group of people going to a house and getting picked off one by one, the actual who's doing the killing or how they're dying is very different between the two films. And I I think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has kind of a more satisfying story to it and more interesting story than Fire Island. Like in Bodies, 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 I think the film is 10 times better because it's this group of victims killing each other off Mm -hmm. than if they had been picked off by like the hurricane killer Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, like if they had invented an outside slasher, that would have really weakened that movie. But I I think the fact that it is all of their paranoia through the entire film that they actually, even if they had found like David, like seen David, like killing, I don't know. I, I think they would never have been able to think that David would have killed himself. Because they were so high and drunk the entire time that their first assumption was always going to be that there was someone killing. And they had so many simmering tensions in all of these relationships. Because while nominally they're a group of old friends, it's very clear that they don't really like each other. Mm -hmm. And, And I did not get the sense in Fire Island that this group of friends who supposedly is a group are friendly with one another, that they really even cared about one another much. They just wanted to have the opportunity to get out and yeah. and do something that they used to, to get back to normal of pre-pandemic Yeah, times. I agree. I think Troy and Sam are the only two people who really like each other. Yeah. And the rest of them are just, they're thrown together by circumstances. Agreed. But I would definitely check out Bodies, Bodies, yeah, Bodies. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening and supporting independent podcasting. If you like what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, or on our website, FridayNightFrightFest.com. If you want to drop us a line on Facebook, you can find us at Friday Night Fright Fest Podcast, or you can reach us on Twitter, where we tweet as The Geek Profs. If you have suggestions for movies, let us know.